This is a story of life at Stride Clown. I'm Miranda McCabe. I'm an architect with a conservation specialism at the London office of Stride Clown. I've worked at the London office for nearly three years now, I think, but I've been with Strides since 2011, where I was in the Bath office and then moved across to here once I'd finished my part two. So I'm going to take you on a walk as I would at lunch. We're going to walk from the Strides London offices in Lambeth out to one of my favourite buildings. So the location that we're in is quite special because it means that we're already part of quite a small community of Lambeth which is really active and the office likes to get involved with that community which led us to doing the Redivider which it was actually in Southwark so it was next door to Lambeth because um, there's a series of hubs for the London Festival of Architecture so it was part of the London Bridge Hub and it worked really well being in a community garden because actually it got so much involvement from the children during their break times um, after school in the, from the neighbouring school. The Redivider was an architectural installation that challenged visitors to explore emotions associated with social media and then translating that digital world into a physical experience. It was a series of sliding panels within a 6.5 by 6.5 metre space and it was a person's individual choice to find their own path through it. So you could block other people from making their path, you could create someone else's path. Yeah, it was an interactive exploration that got us involved with lots of the community, lots of children. You'd come round, it was great, you'd come round and they're all just there messing about with the panels, running through it, laughing, screaming. And that was the busiest part of the day there. So, um, Marlborough Sports Garden is brilliant, um, but it's essentially mostly a large concrete open space. There's nothing really to play with. So I think the Redivider offered that. Um, so when it came time for us to take it down, because obviously it was a temporary exhibition, it wasn't going to be there permanently. Um, <laughs> came to it and we sort of part dismantled it by the time school breakout came up <laughs> they were just devastated us and they all just ran over to us and they were like what are you doing no stop it don't take it down don't take it down and it was yeah it was heartbreaking but really lovely to know that we'd offered something to the area for that month the team, so Tom, Barstow, Irene Kelly and me were on site for the vast majority of the time that it was being built, doing anything we could, building anything we could. Um, it was actually probably for all of us, though the toughest time we've had at work, probably the best. Um, and you see how it's all built and we learnt so much about working with contractors and how things are properly detailed, how they put together, vast amounts we learnt. So all of that time us working on site links really well actually with a lot of our other initiatives where we try and get out into the community, we try and get our creative juices flowing because you can lose that when you're stuck in an office all day. You need to keep it active. 
so we also work with Open City and their initiatives of architecture in schools and as part of that process we go in and offer a specific lesson where we get a load of building blocks and we'll start getting them used to really some space planning understanding why certain rooms need to sit next to each other how buildings are planned with materials and facades and they become the buildings that you know so there's a bit of an impetus to get involved with these initiatives and activities that are probably extracurricular but are actually some of our most valuable work it keeps us involved with the community and gets us learning about new ideas new techniques brings us back to fundamentals really when you need it most sometimes um, as soon as you start losing that you lose your creative sparkle a bit so we're now walking through the Pimlico area and we're surrounded by lots of sort of icing sugar covered Georgian townhouses that all just look like big cakes <laughs> and there's a huge amount of, of building stock that is historic and needs conserving and needs creative approaches to bring it in line with modern ideals it takes some serious designers to get behind it and to allow these buildings to re-enter the community um, and become cherished again but ultimately it is the sustainable route for us uh, when it's, it's far more sustainable than building brand new skyscrapers with huge carbon footprints attached. So I think the idea of creative reuse is quite in vogue at the minute um, and I don't know if that's because you get lovely Instagram shots from it or whatever where you get sort of the differences between old and new and all those junctions in conjunction with as I said the beautiful images because sustainability is such a strong topic at the minute we are turning towards that I think we're also losing space really we haven't got many more areas we can build in in certain cities we've got to look at our existing building stock along those lines it became apparent that there were interests in that across the whole company strides is very good for putting people together there's a lot of cross-working we move between offices quite easily and you get to know everyone suddenly certain little conversations happen and you realize that people share exactly the same passions and interests as you so it's starting to bubble under us getting a bit of a thinking group together with regards to creative reuse um, but there's still a lot of work to do but there's a lot of talent to be used and to nurture and to cherish within strides already so i've been working in the london office for about a year and a half um, and I'd finished my part three, um, so qualified as an architect in October of 2018. And a 
couple of months later, I was sort of still deciding what to do with life and what I wanted to do, obviously knowing conservation, but how I could do that in my career. And then sort of an email out of the blue came from Caroline Mays, one of our board directors, saying that they were looking at me as a contender for an award, which (laughs) was such an exciting email to receive and slightly baffling. And during the Rice Awards process, I had to do my own sort of load of documents to go forward for it, saying why you deserve this award. Um, Anyway, then it came through that I was a finalist alongside lots of other great stride ladies and man. John Kirby um, and I think it was a month or two later we had the awards night where suddenly my face flashed up on the screen <laughs> which was doubly strange it was all it was all really really weird but amazing and I think it's an incredible thing and the trophy which is ludicrously huge sits in um our downstairs toilet. <laughs> so every time you go in there, you get another little surprise. You're like, oh, that's fun. It was quite exciting. Um, probably the the best thing that happened for me was actually putting together the 10 minute presentation. And because it was in the young architect category, you have to talk about where you started from in your architecture career and how you got to where you are um, and what you've done on the way. So, spoke about being at university, all of this, um, put it all down on paper, wrote a timeline, and it was, it had been clear to me before, but it was particularly prevalent when I wrote that down, how much of a gear change it was for me, being, um, being told that I was dyslexic in, I think, the second year of my bachelor's degree which I'd really struggled with but once once my head of year um, suggested that maybe I might want to get tested for dyslexia when it was at the point of serious struggle towards the end of the second year and got tested and it came out that yes I was dyslexic um, it was amazing the amount of support that you suddenly got it really helped and uh, so I think getting all this support, I suddenly began to learn my individual learning methods. I think there's a very stringent path in school where there's not much scope for different learning mechanisms. I know someone could be a visual learner, they could learn through listening, you could learn multiple different ways. But starting on the Accelerate programme for Open City, which targets children who are really at that turning point um, between school and university where they're defining their learning method. I think a big target for us when we have the children in for their workshops is assisting them in different ways of learning, seeing what works for them and hopefully providing some support in that way. So we're walking over, over the train tracks that lead to Victoria Station, which means that we are getting close to the Western Pumping Station um, in Chelsea, which is one of my favourite buildings because 
I live in Battersea in London and you can get the train from Victoria and as you go down to Battersea you see this building and it's amazing roof which looks like a big fish <laughs> and it's got all these incredible copper tiles it's, I think it's 1875 this building it's grade 2 listed it's got a huge tower the sewage works originally I think with steam engines in the main building and a water tower adjoining but it's mostly the fish scales I love <laughs> it's just the roof it is it's like a rainbow's hitter it's all sort of I don't know, peachy ready at the top, going down to Violet at the bottom. I really like the detail and materiality of things, particularly in ceramic faiences or any kind of intricate detailing. So when I'm walking around, those are the bits that attract me to look at them that you have that opportunity to look back at historic buildings, learn from their history to inform the new, create creative designs for them that are interesting and in keeping with the character and with their use. I'm warm now. That was life. It's tried to Thanks for listening.